0: Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. Thank you for joining us wherever you are around Australia or around the world. Your continued support means the world as we continue to bring you interviews and golf information from around the world with people who love golf about their golf. Joining us this week all the way from Bayside, Melbourne is the one and only Tom Powerhorn. Tom joins us while he's at home as he prepares for his next run of professional events on a couple of global tours, which will fire back up in the next few months. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to know Tom and to follow him on the Australian Tour this year, where he claimed second place in the Order of Merit and closed out the season with a hometown win on the Mornington Peninsula at the Nationals' Tough Moon, of course. We catch up with Tom to discuss his plans for the rest of this year and next, but more importantly, he lends a hand with the weekly Around the Tour chat and the Teeps, the tipping admin. So sit back relax, and enjoy my catch-up with Aussie Tour winner and all-round sensational young man, Tom Powerhorn. Tom Powerhorn, welcome to the My Love of Golf podcast uh, this is an official podcast episode. The, the, the episodes we've done in the past were on course. Uh, it was great podcast, great material, but this is the first time that we've sat down via the power of Zoom and catching up on a podcast. How are you, mate? It's great to see you.
1: I'm great. I'm great. I uh, enjoyed it last time, the little, I guess, uh, light version, we might say, and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Great to catch
0: up with you. Mate, um, we've got together there at uh, the Vic Open, um, strong performance. We got together at the New South Wales Open, strong mm. performance. The last time I saw you, I was, you know, in raptures of excitement because, you know, my my forecast of people that we get to play in pro-ams with uh, go on to win, well, you backed that up, mate. You backed that up solidly, and you backed it up a, a bit quicker than some of your other professional golf uh, counterparts. You, you backed it up within weeks um, when I saw you down at the national winning down there, and that was a, you know... I don't get to know the players that I play alongside with. It's Pro-Am. It's see you. Thanks. Bye. It's been nice. But I felt like I got to know you a little bit better. You gave us the mm. time on the fairways. And it was great to see you down there picking up that win at the Moon, of course, at the National, uh, which was turned out, which was turned out beautifully. Uh, you've probably told the story many, many times about that win and that day. But, uh, For me, it was great because I could pick your family out in the crowd. They were all dressed in Mm. the Sunday green and (laughs) uh, to see your mum, your dad and their Scottish friends and then your sister and your girlfriend and and then to see you uh, win, it was awesome. Uh, How was that weekend for you, mate? Let's open it up with talking about that.
1: Yeah, it was pretty crazy to be honest. I mean, I've been playing pretty well, obviously, but you never never know. Um, I played a lot of weeks leading up to that week, so didn't play much of a practice rounds before it. And yeah, it was just sort of one of those ones. I just got off to a good start during the week and, and then got myself into position on Sunday and, 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 you know, I was pretty close to, I think I was leading on this last round with John Lyris, and we both got off to a great start. And there was a lot of birdies and a couple of Eagles and it was great. I mean, it was a lot of, a lot of excitement.
0: And a hole in one.
1: Yeah. Just managed that one. Yeah. Just snuck that in there. So, um, I feel like I was due a little bit. I hadn't had a hole one in seven years. So I feel like that was, uh, it was good timing anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean a magic week to, to have my family down there to watch it. Um, you know, about an hour from home, they all come down and had to watch, you know, it's, um, professional golf, you're away a lot, play a lot of tournaments on your own or, you know, traveling with other guys and, and to have your family to there to watch it. It's, it's definitely a little bit extra
0: special for sure playing with Johnny Larris, now a seasoned competitor and a very, very good golfer in his own right, based out of Sydney. How, do you know John pretty well by now?
1: Yeah, I feel like I do. Yeah, I mean, we've played a, a number of times now. I'm not sure when I first met him, but a couple of years ago, but I feel like I'm, he's he's improved a lot. I mean, he played had an amazing season. I feel like maybe a few years ago, he, he's just improved. A lot. He's continuously improved. I mean, I, I see the work he puts in. Um, he's got a lot of game. He's got a lot of speed, and and he's got that passion and and drive, which which you love to see. I think I think he's got a big future. Um, uh, I'm I'm pretty hot on John Irish, to be honest. I think he's I think he's going to do something special soon.
0: It's a tough final stretch of holes down there on that moon. Of course, you know that. 15, par 5, the uh, 16, 17, 18, mm. it's a tough closing stretch. If you if the wind's not with you, it's either against you or mm. it's not helping you, so it doesn't help. Talk us through the last few holes, you know. Were there nerves? What was yeah. what's going on?
1: Yeah, I think definitely that last three holes, anyone that's played the moon, of course, it kind of goes out and then it, it comes back. The last three holes are generally played straight into the into the teeth. and, uh, I mean, 16 is like 450, par 4, and then... Seventeens, I don't know. It's I think it's two hundred off the back. We played off the forties, one eighty, and then and then eighteens are strong, strong par four as well. So you kind of know that course if the last three holes are going to be tougher. Fifteens are par five, not too bad, but you can make a meal of it. Um, so you definitely want to score early. But yeah, I mean, for sure, nerves. I, I, I was playing really well, but you know, when you get to that back nine on Sunday, when when kind of it it all really matters, you... Yeah, I mean you start to focus on you start to think of the potentials of, you know, what if you do this, what if you do that. But um yeah, I was just fortunate to didn't hit a I hit a couple of lousy shots coming in, but I was fortunate to, you know, nice up and down on sixteen and and, and get it done.
0: Yeah, it's a great up and down on sixteen. That's the long par four where you get to the drive mm. it over the hill and it's you know, it's a it's a mm. tough hole. It's uphill to that green. John had missed the he'd missed the green. Short, it, short right, he short, sort
1: of hit a left off the tee yeah. and then short right. But he had a good spot. I I, I hit in the middle of the fairway and I flubbed, flubbed the shit out of a three-iron 40 you sh- short. Yeah,
0: you were short left, weren't you? It,
1: oh, yeah, short. I just hit yeah. a horrendous three-iron from the middle of the fairway. But yeah, it's just one of those ones, yeah. Just, you know, hit a good shot and hope for the best.
0: Was that when your biggest win of all of your professional wins so far? Um, I think, hard oh, to
1: judge. I mean... I feel like they've all been, I've had, I mean, I've had three wins on tour and they've all been a little bit different because when I first won in 2019, I, sort of, I'd stopped playing golf for about a year and I just sort of, it was my second tournament back and I kind of wasn't really sure what I was going to do, if I was going to play or not. And I sort of won out of the blue to be like, Oh, maybe you could, maybe you should do this for a living. And then, um, and then when I won in, Sort of refocused a bit and then COVID hit. And then, and then when I won late last year, it was like, you know, I hadn't had a top 10 in in a number of years, probably since that win in in 2019. So that was again a big win for me, a bit of a confidence boost, you know, to to play well. And I've been playing well, but I hadn't had a top 10 in so long. It kind of, you kind of, you don't, you almost don't know what it takes sometimes. you, You just feel like I'm playing well, but I just don't understand because I'm not getting the results that I think, and you think that, oh, you just have to play so amazing to win or top 10. So that was a big week, and then the national, obviously, to finish the season was was, was pretty great. So, I mean, that's a very long answer to a very short question, but um, I think they're all a little bit different, to be honest.
0: Perfect answer to a, to a question. You know, like I often wonder, like, because you had sort of that series of top 10 finishes and got close but do you become satisfied with those you know checking the bank uh great points for the the ranking points is it more no i'm not satisfied i want to win i should have won could have won or is it like no this is good it's trending the right way
1: it's a bit of both to be honest i think it's great to to play well consistently i think any golfer wants to play golf at a consistently high level everyone you know from from the 27 handicap to a professional is like i just want to be more consistent and well honestly, I reckon from yeah, that that win in Gippsland in in, in end of last year, like I hadn't had a top ten in in years. And so to win was great, but to just a top ten and then I think Coburn Baruga, which was probably two starts later, was like a top ten. I'm like, well that was that was good and then and then I just went on a bit of a run and and it's it's great to play well, but then at the same time it's like, oh that's just you know, a couple shots here or there, or you know, New South Wales open to me felt like I played really great. I think I was around the lead, maybe leading after two rounds, and and I hit the ball well enough on the weekend, but I just didn't chip chip it close enough, and I didn't hold the putts. and And David played great, and he won. and That was one of those ones. It's like ah, oh, that's so disappointing that I didn't win. But at the same time, it's like that's amazing that you still finish that. So it's it's hard mentally. You kind of you don't want to be too hard on yourself. You want to be harsh, but at the same time, you kind of want to be your best friend. and And so it's a bit of bit of
0: each to be honest it was when you, when you reflect back on that you know the cream was cert- of the last season was certainly rising to the top at the pointy end of the season you know with Mika winning that you know you mm. in uh, was it th- was it a third or fourth you finished there but yeah
1: something like something that, like that. that yeah.
0: yeah and then yeah. you know going on after that i don't want to think that you th- to think that i've got you under under false pretenses but there's a bit of admin that you've got to help me get through all right because <laughs> you know this isn't just the Tom Powerhorn interview. Uh, we've got to do the, 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 the run through of last week's events and a little bit of chat about the week's golf coming up. We've got this thing Beautiful. called Teep, Teepster. There's about 100 people that do our Teepster, which is a one-and-done tipping competition. So we've got to give the people, uh, let everyone know who um, where the rankings are. So, hey, last mm. week uh, we had the Rocket Mortgage where Ricky Fowler won. Mm. Now... It wasn't that long ago that Ricky Fowler, we weren't talking about Ricky at all. You know, he was off mm. in the doldrums. And then obviously he popped his head back up. Well, he's been playing very well this year, but mm. um, he had the very close but uh, poor final round at the US Open. But then he mm. gives him, gets a win. First win in a thousand and something, you know, weeks uh, on tour. Um, mm. You know, when you reflect on, you know, you're a lot younger than me. When you fl- reflect on Ricky Fowler, um, you know, what's your memories of Ricky?
1: I mean, he's always been amazing. I think. When I was getting into golf, he was really, you know, starting to kick on. He was amazing. Like, I remember, I mean, this is a long time ago, but maybe the year that Rory almost won the Masters, 2011,
0: 20... I think maybe thereabouts, yeah.
1: No, nah, I reckon right. early. When, when was Rory's first major, 20, 2008? Mm-hmm. Remember when he hit the hook off 10 or something? And I think, I reckon he was paired with Ricky and Jason Day and, and it was like the three young guys yeah. and they were just, you know, young and carefree and... Amazing and and he's always to me. I used to use Cobra stuff and and Puma clothes and and I mean what an amazing role model. Um, I think he's he's play but he's temperament as well. Um, always a big fan. Always always a massive fan of Ricky Fowler for sure.
0: Uh, he certainly continues to endear himself to the the young people who still look up to him and older fans like me who just think it's great that Ricky won. I interviewed Luke Elvey last week and you know we mm-hmm. briefly talked about. Ricky's resurgence, and you know, he said there won't be too long until he wins. Well, it was it was only 48 hours uh, after that that he won. So it was good to see uh, Ricky win in in that event. Obviously, yeah, there's still a great field, but it's not one of the elevated events, so some of the big guys not there, all that sort of thing. But for him, you know, obviously gets all the benefits of tying up a win and everything that else comes with uh, with that. Then we had the British Masters uh, at the mm. Belf- at the Belfry. Tough uh, play, pretty tough. Now it was won by uh, young fella from across the ditch, as we like to say here in Australia, Daniel Hillier. Now, I don't know too much about Daniel, but we always, when we talk about the European Tour, DP World Tour, his name always pops up when we do the rundown of who was in the event from Australia and Daniel mm-hmm. Hillier. Um, you probably know Daniel Hillier better than anyone that I've spoken to on the podcast. Do you, do you know much about Daniel and his golf?
1: I've played with Daniel. I, I wouldn't say I know Daniel super well, but I've played with Daniel, I reckon, 2016 or 2017, New South Open and maybe Oz Open, um, when he was an amateur. I think he had an exceptional amateur career. I think he might have won the world junior or something like that, or had a very good amateur career. And and I remember playing with him one of my first or second years, and I was like, this kid is, you know, exceptional ball striker. Um, you know, a very, very nice kid, very polite. Um, and I think, you know, he started his career pretty well. It's one of those ones I think he went to, I'm not sure exactly, but I think he obviously went to tour school and he he's had challenge tour status the last few years. I think he won there maybe a couple of years ago. Um, but he didn't quite finish the top 15. And it's one of those ones, I think on the challenge Tour, if you're not, if you're finishing say, you know, 50 to 15, you're not getting onto the European tour, but you've had a very good season. Challenge tour is a very competitive tour, exceptionally competitive and a lot of people wouldn't know him, but he's a very, very, very good golfer. And so last year he got through top 15. I think he maybe won twice. He had this super hot run finishing. And then obviously to play the European tour this year, um, he, a lot of people wouldn't know him, but people that sort of see golf and professionals that watch results and, and understand you're like, this kid is exceptional talent and, to be honest, it doesn't surprise me that he won at all because, you know, I'd heard a lot of good things and I'd played with him a number of years ago and to see his results, I mean, not a surprise at all.
0: Well, certainly from your Australian professional golfing counterparts that were there playing in the event, you know, certainly mm. seemed to embrace him in the lead up to the yeah. event. You know, it looked like Minwoo and Mika and um, Scriv were all the, being, hanging out yeah. together and they had had him along. And it was great to see there at the end there that they all hung back mm. and were there at the end um, uh, Yeah.
1: Mick is getting a bit of a, he did the shower with me at the national. He's doing the shower there. I mean, maybe, when he's not winning he's 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 there anyway be I'm pretty not sure
0: you'd be pretty happy with that if you're sharing the wins and the uh, champagne yeah you know, you, you'd hundred percent uh, you'd, st- you'd share those duties wouldn't you pretty happily? if you were... uh, I would more than happy to have a champagne with the winner uh, well we might talk about uh, that in a second because um, you know we need to get back to your next year's plans and and what's unfolding there and um, yeah. yeah it was good to see Daniel Hillier uh, win and of course we had a uh, live golf event at at uh, Andalucia, Andalucia down there in Spain. You'll probably get to see that next year in that part of the world, at least. Um,
1: Fingers crossed.
0: Taylor Gooch, uh, again uh, another player that you know when he was playing US uh, when the PGA Tour probably wouldn't have factored in the week to week standings of you know high tipping or betting circles that sort Mm -hmm. of thing, and probably got dismissed a little bit when he went there and was one of those players that Mm -hmm. we're not going to miss him. He's playing. He's coming lights out. He's just playing pretty well.
1: I actually thought when he when when I saw him signing, I thought that was one of the most interesting signings to me because, I mean, outside of your Kepkes, Patrick Reed, Deshambo, Cam Smith, I mean, they're you know obviously the top of the top, but him, younger guy, playing exceptionally well on the PGA Tour, top fifty player, that was a like a you know impressive signing to me because I'm like this guy could be one of the guys in the future that is a top ten, top five. Major winning player, um, and and I think he's backed that up since. I mean, he, he's won. Three, he's had the third, third title, time, yeah. three titles now. I mean, he's doing. I mean, how many events is it? Three and four, or something? I'm not even sure. Yeah. I mean, he's he's playing exceptionally well, um, which he was before. But I feel like he's one of those guys, maybe a little bit under the radar because he doesn't get the wins. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out when he when he you know. Hopefully the rankings work out and he gets into majors properly and everything because he he does seem like a top ten player in the world. I mean he's beating a world class field, so there's there's no reason why that he couldn't do it in a in a major.
0: No, you're exactly right. So he, and he beat some great players. You know it was good to see Bryson mm. playing well, mm. um, playing some back. You know, a lot of people saying back to the Bryce and the Vol, playing some you know great shots from in and around trees and just keeping the head together. Um, okay, yep. that was live. Uh, Tom, so we've got the teepster to results to go through. Everyone loves to know who's picked who and how they're faring in this, uh, one and done competition. Just for your benefit, one and done means if you pick Ricky Fowler last week, for example, you don't get to pick Ricky Fowler Mm. at the Scottish open, which he is a past champion of, as an example. But many, Mm. uh, many people seem to, to back Ricky in, um, a number of people picked up $1.584 million, which is the prize money that was on offer. And that goes towards their purse. Uh, I don't know all these people because they have names, uh, Tom, but Cheeseman was the number one pick. He picked Ricky Lee, Three mm. uh, Threewood Pete, Chipo, <laughs> Dion V, Three Threewood Pete. We've got some great names here. Don't worry. Uh, the golfing tattooist. No, the one here, he gets called out every week. The golfing tattooist. Um, When you want to get a tattoo, uh, Tom, uh, mm. You have to go to the golfing tattooist, all right? He's here in Melbourne. Dan is okay. in Melbourne. Dan Maudsley's name, and he is one of the sickest yeah. tattoo artists that's going around, works in a tattoo studio that's full of mad golfers and mad tattooers. Uh, Dan Maudsley picked Ricky Fowler. He's absolute phenom because he's leading the whole thing, but not many others. A few people picked Colin Murakawa. One person picked Colin – two people picked Colin Murakawa. Some people picked Cam Davis. That was great. Um, have a guess who I picked. Justin Thomas. Tom?
1: That was a miscut, was it?
0: Yeah, that was a miscut. Yeah,
1: he's, he's struggling, isn't he, a little bit? Why? I'm not sure. I don't know. It's a, I, I don't know. I don't follow it super closely, but golf can be a funny game. You kind of, sometimes you kind of when you practice, you feel like it's working and then you play a tournament and you're like, you realize I've just been walking down the wrong path for a kilometer and now I have to walk all the way back. And sometimes it might take a few events to come back. I mean, he's such a good player and he's so talented that he, there's no doubt that he'll be back. But sometimes it just, you know, it's just a bit of a, a mind, you know, mind thing or a physical thing. And you know, I mean, you know, he's going to be motivated because yeah. he's a high, you know, top echelon player. And you know, people, people, are, oh, I can't believe that. There's no one more frustrated than him right now. So. I expect him to me back maybe not for the for the british but i don't know it wouldn't surprise me if he won the british he's so talented you know
0: well he's he's one of the players that i have left to pick and i wouldn't pick him for the big open which is obviously a big money one but i was sort of banking in that yeah. hole you know if he doesn't lift results wise soon you know he might miss out on the fedex which i can't remember the last really time. yeah come he's like 60 he that as top seventy is FedEx and he's like sixty six or something like that. So he's got it, really and then Miscut's certainly gotta help it. So I sort of went with the, you know, positive pressure of having to turn it around, but mm. um, as you say, it's it's maybe not that easy as uh, the average Joe. It's just like a, me.
1: it's a funny game, isn't it? I mean, there's not many sports in the world where you get a guy like him just sh- struggling a little bit that you wouldn't expect and you know, other other Sports you bounce back quick, but sometimes golf it's just kicks you when it's down.
0: Um, so in terms of the leaderboard, we've got the golfing tattooist uh, on top, and then we've got golf as an attitude. Now you know golfers and attitude—that's David Blake, the uh, Australia's mm. very own rules expert mm. out there. He's at the uh, Centurion this week. He was at uh, Live Golf last week in the thick. Pretty
1: of- tough. Pretty pretty tough gig, I reckon. I think he's
0: yeah flying
1: <laughs> flying around the world.
0: Yeah, just, um, doing. Yeah, he, he told me. Yeah, he told me it's a pretty tough gig. Mm. He was in the thick of it last week. Let's just let's that he was in the thick of uh, <laughs> he was in the thick of all of his uh, trade last week. Um, and I'm coming third, uh, Tom, just to let you know. So there's a bit of yeah. s- bit of substance behind my tipping this year. Okay. Uh, K- yeah. T- Kt's force and hoops seventy eight is fifth. There's a the top five. Let's keep going on. Um, this week we've got the John Deere. Last year's mm. winner was JT Poston. Do you know much about JT Poston? Honest to guy, I-, I
1: don't want to. I don't want to lie. I i do not a lot about JT Poston. Yeah,
0: neither do I. Um, but he's last no. he's last year's winner. It's uh, TPC Deer Run. It's obviously one of the long-standing events there. It's been mm. moved. Uh, she so remember last year in the previous years the T P um, John Deere was, was always the, the week before. Yeah, exactly the week before the Open, yeah. and you know players would then if you call if you won you'd jump on the plane and they'd fly you across mm. and.
1: Yeah. Jet you over.
0: Jet you over. Well, because of the co-sanctioning with the Scottish Open now, it's been moved the week before that. So um, mm.
1: so is it What is it? just – is there any events clashing with it or is it just, no, just you're going to get a good feel?
0: Yeah, it's just a standalone. So, um, so th-
1: This week, Scottish, then British.
0: T- uh, John Deere this week, Scottish Open next week. The Open next, the week after that. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. of course, the Scottish Open is co-with the Barbasol. i have got yeah. that, that other field event Yeah. There. Okay. Who have we got playing in that? We've got our badgers playing. Who else do you want? Any, any, any you want to know who's playing? Anyone in the field? Um, have a guess. Lucas we,
1: Herbert. Is he
0: playing? Oh, well, good question.
1: Uh, I reckon he probably isn't. No, he's not. I reckon he's saving himself, I reckon.
0: I think Herbie will be playing, obviously, in the Scottish. He performs well at Renaissance.
1: How's how's Brendan Todd? Is he playing?
0: Brendan Brendan Todd is playing.
1: Let's I see the same golf coach, Brad Hughes. So okay, I think Brad said to me a few weeks ago he was going alright. He's had a couple alright results. Maybe the maybe it suits him this week. Very biased opinion. I'll put that out in the open. But let's let's go Brendan Todd.
0: Okay. Well, I'm gonna in the absence of me having any idea who to pick out with um, that. That is a strategy that I. We'll go with. So I'm going to pick Brendan Todd. You can too. But there's a. We used to have a data lake. Mike used to provide this. You've met Mike. Um, this yeah. detailed analysis spreadsheet upon spreadsheet of uh, the grass types, mm. the players, the types. Who's won here? Who's mm. performing well? Uh, that is beyond me. Um, so I can't provide the Teepster family. Uh, any of the data lake. But um,
1: sometimes you just got to go with the you know the positive juju. And I think Brendan Todd. The positive
0: juju. Now you're talking. That's the sort of strategy strategic mm. language that I like to use. Positive juju. Less
1: less thinking the better.
0: That's that's what I passed down to you that time when we got together at 13 speech that mile I yeah. positive juju and look what, where that took you. Hey um exactly right. John D classic at TPC Deer Run. It's uh 35 36 so I was past 71 72 90 yards. Greens will be running at 12 on the stint meter. Average green size 5,500 square feet. I have no concept of how big 5,500 square feet. You're a meters guy aren't you? You're not yards. Meters,
1: definitely. Yeah. yeah, Uh, I think they're smaller maybe. I don't know. I could be
0: way off there. Uh, It looks like a good course because I've played it on the simulator at the Big Swing Golf and Mm. you um, you can play Mm. it on the simulator. So if you want to play any of the TPCs, they're all on Mm. the Big Swing Golf um, simulators. It's silty clay. It's... um, I sort
1: of I sort of remember it as Zach Johnson won like seventeen years in a row, and the other time was Jordan Spieth hold that bunker shot. He thinned that bunker shot and it, like hit the pin and went in, and that was his first tour win um, all those years ago.
0: I think you you could be right. Yeah, I, I think
1: I, that's yeah. that's what I remember it as is that, and maybe Stricker played well there as Stricker, Zach Johnson, and and when Spieth held that bunker shot to win. To get into a playoff, which he won, I think nice. that was a long time ago. Because he didn't, have, I didn't. He wasn't a member at the time, but he'd been playing well. And then he hold, he hold the bunker shot, and then he won. And then, and then now he's a member. And then the rest is history.
0: Well, we talked about JT Poston; he won last year. But Zach Johnson's made fourteen consecutive cuts at the John Deere. Mm. And his most recent missed cut coming in two thousand mm. and seven, and. The only other player with anywhere near that um, since the start of the 2008 season has been Matt Kuchar. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the um, veterans performing well here. Players to watch that are in the top 30 in the FedEx, Nick Taylor, Taylor Moore, Chris Kirk, uh, Emiliana Griot, Benny McCarthy, Adam Schenk, and Seamus Power. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we'll we'll keep moving on. There is another very, very substantial event on the women's tour. Uh, this yep. week, the Women's US Open operating by the USGA at uh, Pebble Beach. You ever been to Pebble mm. Beach, Tom? I've never been. Never I been. mean, it
1: looks amazing. Never been, unfortunately. Hopefully soon, but uh, I mean, what a venue for, for a golf tournament.
0: It only comes after a couple of weeks since uh, the last women's uh, major. It mm. was a Baltus Roll, which is you know just golden age, classic architecture. The Pebble Beach is probably, I mentioned the um, simulators there. We get Thousands of people in every week to play simulated golf. What's the What's the first course that they ask for? It's not that. It's not if it's not uh, Pebble Beach. What's the first course they ask for? Hints right here, Augusta. Oh, okay. <laughs> when I tell them that, uh, no, sorry, you can't play Augusta. It's not licensed. You know, that's that'd be a tough ask to get that course license. But you can play Pebble Beach. They go, yeah, let's play Pebble Beach. So it's probably the most popular simulated golf game. And I've seen people play it. I've played it a thousand times. I, uh, I've never been there. Um, i will one day like yourself hope to get there but if it plays anything like it does on the simulator if it's uh as small into those small greens Mm. um if you put the wind on if it's blowing you into the ocean there's maybe 11 of those maybe five or six of those holes that hug the hug the coastline um it's going to be a sight to see Mm. the the thing with the women they'll just stripe it down the middle every time they Mm. just just...
1: they don't seem to miss shots so i'm not sure how that's going to work maybe they're going to have to make the fairways eight metres wide or something to make it a bit more challenging for them. I don't, I don't know how it's going to work. Why
0: well, is that, Tom? What's your read on why the women, and you've played in and around you know, many Vic Opens and you've played at tournaments um, in Australia because we have a lot of mixed field events. Um, yeah. Why do the women hit it so straight?
1: I mean, they definitely hit a little obviously shorter than the men, but I think, I think the women's game may – they just they they just sort of they play to this right spots. Guys get that little bit of little bit of ego on the tee and try hit a little bit further and hit a little bit closer down to the green and hit a shorter club in. Whereas the women are just a bit more methodical, I'd say, maybe play within their means a little bit more and and at times a little bit more uh, intelligent.
0: Is that a lesson for any young up and coming um, golfer out there to to take that that advice on board and run with it, that?
1: Yeah. It definitely is if you want to take it in, but a lot of people, you know, it's in in one ear out the other, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, I would say it would be, yeah.
0: Or just bomb it long. Is the advantage of hitting it short and straight outweighed by the advantage of just bombing it long and seeing what happens?
1: I think it depends on the course. I think you want that mentality of of backing yourself. You don't want to have that negative attitude off the tee. But it does does, uh, sometimes pay off when you are willing to just, Play within your means a little bit more, and not try to try the hero shot, so to speak. Um, so it's a, a little bit of a balance, yeah.
0: Do you know much about the women's field? There, there's like 22. There's 44 of the field that are from either Korea or Japan. Such strong producers of female talent um, in the game, mm. and I wouldn't be surprised if the if the winners come out of one of those two groups of people. I think there are about 40 uh, of the US uh, women, but we've got. Uh, how many? We've we got. We've got one, two, three, four, five. We've got five Australians plus Janith Wong, who I will claim as an Australian because she has lived and gone to school out here is in Australia. She... But I think she represents Malaysia when you see the flag next to her. Oh,
1: does she? Okay, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I've, I've seen Janith around. I think a metropolitan. I think yes.
0: Yeah, fantastic, yep. fantastic young golfer. And if uh, the mm-hmm. mile of golf. Uh, I, I can't tip Janith Wong is winning, but we have played with Janith Wong, um, so the win mm. the win mustn't be far away. Um, mm-hmm. But we've got Hannah Minji, uh, Madison hinson Tolchard, Janith, Gabby Ruffles, and Grace Kim. Mm. Let's 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 go to you, Tom, for a top Australian. Who do you who do you fancy out of the uh, Aussies in top the field? Of,
1: top Australian. I think. Um, I mean, I, w- I was saying to you off air that one of my best mates caddies for Hannah Green, so. I'm. I know Hannah Green separate to him, and I'm a big Hannah Green fan. I'm. Mean, I'm an even bigger Hannah Green fan because of my relationship with her caddy. So I think it's always hard to go past her. I mean, at the same time, Gabby Ruffles. I've been following her. She's had two wins on the Epson Tour. I caddied for her one week in two years ago, and and she, you know she's been playing great, and and she will be playing the LPGA Tour next year until you know. It, it's a it's a foregone conclusion probably so um, and then Grace Kim's got a win this year already so um, and then Minji's you know Minji's Minji so it's kind of
0: defending champion. it's a tough Def- one defending US Open De- champion
1: De- defending champion so it, that's a tough one I think um, I'm going to have to say Hannah just because uh, just because <laughs> just because of my buddy and. I think he might've bought a house and he's trying to pay off a mortgage. So let's, let's go.
0: Okay. Let's go. Well, let's go Hannah. That, that's Juju, Juju s <laughs> uh, tipping again. Yeah. Mate.
1: That's, that's, that's more than one person that needs the Juju.
0: So, <laughs> so um, what's the skinny on Hannah's caddy, you mate? Uh, what's his name again? Give him a shout out.
1: It's uh, Nate Blasco from Nate, Canada.
0: Nate Blasco. How do you, how do you know Nate?
1: I, I caddied out there for five weeks in 2019 and, and I got to meet Nate and, and, uh, became great mates and still in touch ever since and, and yeah um, yeah great great to see great to see Hannah do well and with Nate on the bag I think he's a great caddy and I think they're a great combination so yeah I think how, they'll go great this
0: week How long's um, Nate been on the bag of uh, Hannah?
1: It's been it's been a number of years now I mean I was there 2019 so that's four years ago and I reckon that might have been his second year on tour with her sorry second year with her so I mean that's at least five years and um Yeah. I mean, it's hard getting that right. Caddy. Uh, a lot of times it's a, it's a challenge to get that similar personality and you know, the vibes and everything and the juju. And, um, she won earlier this year, which is the first time in four years and she'd been knocking on the door consistently and and to win. And then she came second in that, um, country event the week after. So had a few weeks off. I think she's been home in Perth. Um, Recharging the batteries and I think she's she's probably ready to go again. And I mean, I feel like she's one of those girls when she when she gets In the pressure and she's she plays better than She plays better under the pressure Other people go the other way and I think she's she's definitely one of those people when when she's in the mix She's going to be a problem for the other players
0: Okay, so you're going with Hannah green very good. i I'm yep. at, I reckon that might be a solid uh, top Australian I well, I'm all in on uh, TPH this week, mate. Should surely. be
1: should be selling should be selling houses instead of something.
0: Like <laughs> I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll take my money now, uh, Tommy. Um, <laughs> but you you know uh, Hannah's partner uh, Felts Jared Felton quite well. He's one of your Australian tour yeah. com- playing com, um, compatriots. Uh, mm-hmm. Has Felts going? You been in touch with Felts? You stay you've seen him? Being, where's he been at?
1: Uh, he's been on the Challenge Tour. To be honest, I haven't spoke to him. I know he's been playing on the Challenge Tour. I haven't. I have to say I haven't I haven't been following the results. Um, I mean, he's been a very good player for a long time, and um, he's just one of those ones. It's like there's so many good players out there, but if he plays well, he, he could play. He could win anywhere, you know. So um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, he's one of those guys. He's so talented. It's just a matter of time to me. Okay, you know, it's just sooner rather than later.
0: He's still so he he's been playing. a most of this year since the end of the tour, the Australian tour and challenge tour, right?
1: Challenge tour. He got to I know he got to final stage. I, I played at the same venue as him at second stage in Europe last year and he got through. I think he almost won that stage. And he's got challenge tour and he's been playing out there, yeah. So um yeah. So he One gets. Of those ones.
0: Did he get challenge tour as a result of his standings in the D P World Tour qualifying? Is that how you is that how I
1: that? I would have thought generally if you make final stage and I think he made the cut in final stage,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you get some sort of partial challenge. And it, it's it's kinda of so complicated. And to be honest, I don't follow it super closely. Um but I know he's been I know he's been playing out there. I think he might have been in America with Hannah recently. Right. Um but I know he's been playing out in challenge too. I mean, he's just he's been such a great player. I mean, I don't know how many times he's won in Australia. He's probably won five or six times and yep. he's not that old. He's, he's got to be twenty six or twenty seven, I'd say, and it's just it's just a matter of time before he he plays well internationally and gets himself on the European tour or the PJ tour or you know he does really well.
0: Well, you may get the same next year if that is the case, um, and we'll start talking about that now. But we've got one more event. Two more events. We'll just quickly go through uh Live Golf obviously returns this week. It's back to back weeks for Live mm. uh goes to London. It's the Centurion Club. Oh. Don't know too much about the Centurion, but uh you know, I'm sure that the infrastructure, the music box will, will be pumping on every tee. Um I'll be keen to see how many of the Londoners and the uh, the UK golfing cohort turn up. Are they gonna do another Adelaide? We'll wait and see. Um mm. all things I'm led to believe it's the ticket sales were pretty good, so um, let's see how they turn mm. out. Once again, we've got Blakey over there. We will might touch base with Blakey and share a few of his pictures. Yep. Hopefully, he keeps busy again this week. Um, but the DP World Tour goes to Denmark, made in Himmerland. Do you have a uh, more discerning eye over some of these events now on the DP World Tour now, being that you have one of the three DP World Tour cards that were issued to the Australian Tour players?
1: A little bit. I mean... My, my season doesn't start till November, till next season. So I'm hoping to get into next year. I actually did ask for an invite, but must have got lost in the mail coming back. But um, I think Mick playing this week and and some other Aussies are playing. So, yeah, it is a little bit different now thinking of the opportunity that I might get next year to be able to play and, and have a look. To, you know, it's not the same seeing it on TV, but it is something. Mm-hmm. You see how players play certain holes. And it, I, I know... I've seen that tournament before. I think one of the Path 3s is quite a short Path 3 and they have the crowd around the green. Everything's very exciting. So, And I've, I've spoke to a couple of people that have been before and it's a it's a beautiful place in the world and, and a very exciting week. So I'm definitely going to be tuning in.
0: It looks like a course mm-hmm. that's sort of – it's not certainly not Link's course. Definitely not. But mm-hmm. just looking at it topographically, it it's, has a – an Australian sort of vibe about it, it could mm. be like 13th Beach sort of creek course mm. sort of look. Um, anyway, interesting to see. I was just curious to see if you're casting an eye over some of these DP World Tour events a little more now. Um, so let's go back to you. We started off by talking about you know that great Sunday down at the uh, National not too long uh, ago, but what's been keeping you busy since then, mate? It's, uh, you're still here in Australia. Uh-
1: yeah i've been i've been home now i played my last event i played the national i played vietnam was my vietnam was my last four round event and um I had a little bit of a break after that and then played a few primes in perth and come home play a few primes in queensland come home and yeah i've just been sort of focusing a little bit on trying to you know get a little bit stronger and hit the ball a little bit further and keep working on on swing technique and and sort of trying to improve myself for the future. I mean, the last sort of six months prior to that, it was, it was play well this week, play well this week, you know, every week rolls around. It's, you're thinking about right now, you're not thinking about the future. And, and after, you know, I I was fortunate to finish second and get my card for next season and the Asian tour had a break. I have two, three months. Okay. Like there isn't anything that you need to play in that is like super important. So, where do you want to be? What's the golf you wanna be? What do you struggle with? How can you improve? That's what I've sort of been looking at. So, um, and that we're sort of coming to the end of that now. So it's sort of getting back to a bit more playing mode and a bit more like the score really counts. So um so yeah, that's been keeping me busy. So um I'm but I'm looking forward to uh I think go to Indonesia in roughly three weeks for my first proper four round event to to kick start the my second half of the year, and, and um, yeah, looking forward to it.
0: So, when you go to Indonesia for that, is that the start of your use of your Asian tour card that you got through that nine-man playoff?
1: Yeah, so um, I played, uh, I played probably four events on the Asian tour. Right. I played um, New Zealand Open, which is part of both. Hong Kong played Thailand, and I played Vietnam. So I've had four starts. Um, I had t- two miscards, and I finished. 25th or something, Hong Kong, but I finished sixth at New Zealand. So I, I re ranked up probably 25 spots. So, which is, which has helped. So I should get the next few events until the next re rank. So yeah, Indonesia is going to be my first event and then week off and then two events in the UK. And, and yeah, like, I mean, those two, two events in the UK, are uh, international series events, you know, I think 1.5 and 2 million us dollar purses and, um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to playing those, and hopefully have a great result, and really um, get that second half of the year started in the right direction.
0: So this is your tour card now. Is as a res- So this is the year that you're using this tour card now. Is from when you qualified through that nine-man playoff. That's that started for this year. Correct. Right? Gotcha. Yeah,
1: the Asia, Asian tour Asian- kind of works pretty much the calendar year. Yep. Whereas like Europe is November to October. Gotcha. And Australian tour is April to. March or gotcha, kind of change a bit. Made it, made April.
0: So, the international series events was that due to the re rank, or you you were you can get those and you had those anyway?
1: Um, I was uh, because I got the last card at Q school, I was I got into Thailand international series, but I got literally I was last man in the field, and um, I was yeah, just from a Q school category, it's never that strong anyway, but I was the last person, so it was always touch and go like I got into New Zealand through my Aussie category. I got into Hong Kong through an Australian exemption, not through my Asian card. I got into Vietnam. I would have got in through my Asian category, but I knew I was getting in through my Aussie category. So it's good to be able to just get straight in. I mean, I think I'm going to get in, but that's one of those ones with golf tournaments. You kind of don't know exactly until two, three weeks out, but um, because of that re-rank up now, I'm I'm much more confident that will get in, and you could plan a bit earlier, and you can have a bit more of a schedule. So, um, yeah, but that, uh, that's going to be good the second half.
0: Now, as a result of your not your DP World Tour card, which we'll get to, but your position in the Order of Merit in Australia, you'd also get Dunhill Links. Mm-hmm. Will you will you stay if you so if you go to the International Series events that are in the UK? Will you stay on for Dunhill Links?
1: Yeah, so I'm going to play, but um, the international series events are about mid-August, I think mm. um, second and third of week of August. Um, off the top of my head, Daniel Link's is like the 5th 8th of October, yeah. so there's a bit of a gap there, obviously. Yep. So I'll play, um, I'll play those two international series. I think I'll have, probably have three weeks off, um, so I'll probably stay over there somewhere. I think I've got two weeks in Taiwan, and then I reckon it's Daniel Link's. Right. and then it's so i'm going to go back it's unfortunate daniel links clashes with i think singapore in, singapore international series event on the asian tour um but it's one of those ones i mean i grew up watching st andrews and canrysti and kings Barnes and it's a 5 million dollar purse this year and you know it's a pretty it's a pro am tournament it's a, i mean sometimes the pro am tournaments are a little bit slow rounds um but it's just one of those events I've watched on TV a million times and I've never played St. Andrews and my folks from Ireland, island and yeah, pretty excited to go over. And, um, it's one of those ones like, you know, I got to play now in case I never get to go back ever again. So looking forward to it.
0: I'm sure you will, but yeah, I can, <laughs> I can, I can tell and I can understand the uh, excitement for playing, uh, those courses. I've only played one of the three of those and it was the old course and, uh, you know, I can't wait to go back and play it again one day. Um, but it's a, obviously, as you know, for me, it's a special part of the world. It wasn't too. It was a year ago almost uh, that I got to see it uh, at the Open last year. So I'm already mm. missing the place. Um, of course. <laughs> now let's talk about this uh, DP World Tour card then, and you know what next year looks like. How, how are you preparing for next year? You know, you've already told us what you're doing, but you know, what does next year sort of look like as you sort of mud map out where the best opportunities for you to um, player.
1: Yeah, I think um, it's one of those ones, it's hard, it's so hard to know. I mean, it's a few months away now. Um, the tour doesn't start until November. I don't think they've even released the schedule for um, the next season yet. Um, I mean, it's still five months away. Um, my category at this moment is behind Q School, so I, I might even look to go to Q School to try to improve my category. Um, but, but my, if it goes similar to last year, my, my first event will be Australian PGA at Royal Queensland, Australian Open, um, to start my season and, and then, you know, hopefully play South Africa and Mauritius like it was last year and then, and then go from there. So just one of those ones, I mean, golf, it's, it's a little bit different to other sports, you know, football, you've kind of got your 22 rounds, you know, you're playing every week and and this is how it is golf. It's especially when you have a fringe category, you never know exactly what events you're going to get into. Um, and so, I mean, that's all part of it, I guess, but, um, yeah, looking forward
0: to it. We've also got this other stuff that's been talked about in the background there. Uh, I've seen to have done a bit of talking about it, this PIF DP World PGA Tour merger. Mm. Is that throwing any uncertainty into, you know, you mentioned that the schedule's not done. Um, they always, I think, usually try and sort of come out Scottish Open time or that's what they were talking about. Obviously, I think they've said that that's not going to happen just yet. But is there any uncertainty of what it might look like with all of this rumbling in the background or...?
1: I think for sure there is uncertainty. It's just one of those ones. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not an, uh, you know, a 20 year veteran of the tour of either tours. I have no extra information that, that the public sees. I mean, I open Twitter like everyone else and, yeah. and see things and think and see things that I'm like, wow, this is really interesting. Um, but yeah, it does. It does. I mean, you you've had the PGA tour be the dominant tour for so long now and you've had a, a rival um, to come along with a lot of money and, and and grab some players and and now you've had you had a retaliation and now you had some sort of agreement but I mean I don't know what that agreement means I mean you you, you hear people talk but they've been talking for a year I mean you said I think this event this week you said the live event is Centurion so that that was the was that the first event yeah. of the live so I mean this is this is twelve months on and you look at the landscape of golf twelve months on and it's and it's so different. And so I imagine 12 months on from now, who knows? It's so hard to predict. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm just a player. I'm just a, I'm a nobody. So I just try to play good and, and hopefully it all works out. I can't to get too focused on uh, all these possibilities. I, mean, I just need to work on trying to be a better player than I was yesterday.
0: There's still a chance uh, for you to um, try and qualify for some events in the US. What does that look like?
1: Yeah, I think, um, it looks like unfortunately they've changed the criteria for getting into final stage previously top five on the Australian tour, Australian Tour order to America got into final stage, which guaranteed you membership and maybe a couple of starts, but, um, it looks like it's only going to be the winter this year. So second and second to five, we'll have to go to second stage, which is a bit of a bummer to be honest. Um, but it is what it is. And, um, unfortunately as well, second stage clashes with a lot of events and just really messy when you try to jump around tours. Um, so I'm going to have to wait and see, um, you know, i love, I, you know, I want to play in America. That's, I love to play there. I, I've spent some time there, I have great memories there and, um, yeah, that's where I want to probably end up. I mean, live tours great as well, I happily play there. Um, but you know, I don't want to compromise the European starts that I've got. Um, to play second stage um, when there's nothing guaranteed, so we'll have to wait and see. I mean, maybe it might be next year. I'm not sure. We'll ha- we'll have to see. It's it's one of those ones. It's I don't know. It was that McIlroy telling who did he tell that play? I me? Mean, just play better. It's 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 one of those ones. Just play better and everything else sorts itself out.
0: Uh, you just mentioned their live tour. You know, you'd, you'd go on that as well. You, yeah, I, mean, I call
1: I call, call I call Greg Norman. I called him. And um, I left a voicemail, but I'm, I haven't heard back yet. So uh, yeah. I must have got the wrong number. Maybe
0: uh, you, need to call, you need to call Cam Smith. He seems to make the uh, the, the Yeah,
1: maybe him. I'll call but, Cam. Maybe, maybe.
0: <laughs> no, but in jokes aside, like you know, as a player, we I've only ever talked to people who uh, outside of the actual real world of it. But as a player, if that call came, hypothetically, what what would what would you do?
1: I mean, it's hard to know. Like it's it's. Um, Depends on the offer. I mean, the Cam Smith deal, which obviously I'm not going to get, of you know, a
0: but the Jed Morgan, nine the fig- Jed Morgan,
1: deal. A not like a nine-figure deal for Cam Smith. I mean, obviously, Jed Morgan deal. I don't even know what his deal is. I played with Jed at I was open. And I didn't really talk about it. He said Liv was amazing, this and that. I mean, hundred fifty thousand US dollars roughly, or something to come last, um, seems pretty good to be honest, um, but at the same time it's like if it's only 14 starts and then maybe you lose your car and you kind of nowhere, or I don't know. It's a, it's a hard one. Um, I mean I play golf for a living. So at the same time, like I want to, I want to make some money and and buy a house and do all that shit like everyone else does. But, um, but at the same time, like I grew up watching the PJ tour, there's a number of PJ tour events that I want to play. And, um, I mean it's different now that they've got this this agreement but prior to the agreement like if you couldn't play the players or you couldn't play hunter Palmer or memorial or tory pines or whatever like they're the tournaments i want to play even just once you know and i've had to sacrifice those to play live that's a tough one i don't i'm not sure but now with this agreement i have no idea it's just you were saying before what does it mean it's very confusing to me and i have no extra knowledge um so who knows how it's going to turn out but I mean, if Liv offered you a good deal, I mean, geez, like it's been hard. Me, I turned pro twenty sixteen. I've been mean, pro seven years. First six years didn't didn't really make a lot of money. So made no money. So to turn down huge money, like I mean, it'd be pretty pretty tough to
0: say no to that. Talking of money, you know, is that is that something you start to you know have to really sort of prepare for and plan for in in light of next year and a lot of travel by the sounds of it just from this conversation mm. there's a lot of things going on a lot of expenses um mm. obviously got some bank after those good starts this year I, I don't know how much i haven't done the sums i'm not gonna ask but um,
1: Millions, millions yeah. and millions, and millions. Talking,
0: well, you've got your you've got your phone. Sat, <laughs> you've got your phone sat on your wallet. You said, "I'll just put it on my wallet," and it's pretty high these days. Uh, I joke. <laughs> <laughs> don't trip over it. Um, no, but what does that what does that look like? You know, like I, I guess people, I'm asking because people, are, you know, obviously keen to get insights to, you know, you as a an emerging and developing talent, and you know, about to go out on the world stage. Um, mm. How do you do it? How do you how do you Factor in all of these finances, is it? Yeah,
1: I mean, it's it's different. It's different. I mean, I've pretty much been self-funded the whole time. I mean, I worked um, worked a part-time job at Capital, um, caddying when I was, you know, in previous years to, to to fund it when I was home and everything. And and I've been fortunate to play well and have a bit more money in the bank. Obviously, if you actually make if you make money, you, you don't want to give it up. You don't want to spend it all and go back to to not having much money. So, um, at the same time, you know, I don't solely play for money. I I enjoy playing golf and and it's a privilege to play golf. Uh, I'm, I'm aware of that. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean the European tour, I think, you know, it's a lot of travel and, um, I want to have a full-time caddy. I don't want to try to have part-time caddies. I think I'm going to have, I'm going to have my best mate come out and caddy for me, um, the rest of this year. And, um, you know, like obviously my play sort of sorts out both of our payment. Um, I have to pay his stuff and everything, which which of course I'm happy to do, and, and that's all part of it. Um, there's a huge upside if I play well, but at the same time, if I play poorly, um, you know, there's a bit of a cost. So, definitely one of those ones, you know, try hopefully get some sponsors or something and, and work something out. Um, but yeah, it's just—I mean, it, it's just all—it's all the same. It's all the same to me. Like you know, I have played really well and I've made money. And but you kind of maybe like like gamblers or poker—you kind of got to put it back on the table a little bit and, and um, be prepared to lose money to make money. I think um, if you have a bit of a scarcity mindset, to me that it's a dangerous mindset to have if you're trying to cut costs everywhere and not go all out. You know, I'd rather I'd rather. You know, to be honest, I'd rather blow it all and and fail miserably, fail terribly, and and blow it all than 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 sort of just half-ass it and uh, and just and maybe a year later think maybe if I spend that or did that differently, things would have
0: turned out differently. So you'd rather have a red-hot crack and give it all and come home absolutely backside out of your pants, bone dry, (laughs) rather than come home with whatever in your pocket and not feel like you've given it all because you had to.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think like I've, uh, I mean, you know, playing for six, seven years, like there's moments that I've played that I had no money and I had to come back and and work, you know, just to make some money and this and that. And, and it's like, I'm playing better now, so I should be more optimistic. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not viewing like I'm playing, on, you know, oh. on the Asian tour the rest of the year, and then and, and hopefully get some some nice starts in Europe next year. Like these are massively bigger purses, mm. so that that twentieth is is a good money. Like it's it's paying for multiple weeks, whereas the twentieth playing for two hundred thousand is fourteen hundred, sixteen hundred dollars. It's you know you're not covering, yeah. you're not making money. So, um, but it's it's it is one of those ones. I think it's it's like any business. Um, you know, if you run a business, you got to be prepared to lose money to make money. Mm-hmm. If you go in trying to cut costs and everything, she's probably not going to work. I think it's, it's you got to take those big risks. Um, you know, yeah, my friend's going to come out, um, and caddy, and I think he's, I think he's gonna be a really good caddy and I'm happy to pay him, pay him, you know, good money and everything because I want that, because I think that I'm happy to pay that extra bit because I'll play better. And so if you play better, you make more money and yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like I'm, I want to have some cool – the other thing on the, on, the, on the other boot is like I, I want to have some really cool experiences with one, of, with one of my best mates and you know, I'm very, I'm very fortunate and privileged to be able to be in this position and, and go to these countries that I've never been to and I would never otherwise be go-to for work, doing a normal job and um, to be able to go with my friends and experience that together, I think that's going to be uh, pretty valuable
0: to me. Is he a man that caddied for you uh, this year at some of the events? No. No, he's
1: not. No. He actually he carried for um at Vietnam for another player and he came second, Kevin Yuan. Oh, yeah. And and yeah, so he's he's coming into some form. So I'm hoping he's gonna give me a few tips on how to
0: okay.
1: how to come second on the Asian tour. But um, yeah, I'm really excited. I just yeah, it's just hard because you just yeah, obviously the money and, and the stress of playing well and keeping a card, but then there's also like you just you just wanna enjoy it and I feel like for me at times I haven't enjoyed it as much as I want to enjoy it. I'd like to, you know, I'm just so fortunate to be able to play these tournaments. like going to Dunhill links or go to wherever, like you just, I'm so, I'm so lucky and I sometimes forget that because I'm so worried about shooting a score and making some money and not being broke or, you know, just so focused on playing well and not missing the cut that you just kind of miss, you know, you miss the forest for the trees, I guess
0: the moment being in the moment i'm reading a book at the moment which is all about not looking behind and not going into the front but mm. you know whatever is happening right now is the most mm. important thing that you can influence and do um something within you mentioned kevin you are there you know there's a great story of someone that a uh, couple of results has you know changed his trajectory and changed you know his bank balance and you know probably changed his life you know um yeah 100 f- fairly short space of time um okay we've got some fairly Fairly influential people who listen to this uh, podcast, Tom, and they've probably, by now, an hour in, they've probably fallen in love with you because, you know, we've been talking, <laughs> we've been talking, talking you up for a number of months now. Um, if someone, you know, you mentioned sponsors, and you've got a couple of sponsors there. You know, um, Andrew Forrest. You know, you, I think you're out playing golf with Andrew today. And just yeah.
1: Angus, it. Angus, yeah, sorry, Andrew,
0: Andrew. Yeah, you know, uh, Andrew. Twiggy <laughs> For- if you had Andrew Forrest, Twiggy Forrest, you'd be right. You wouldn't need <laughs> any more sponsors. Uh, Angus Forrest, sorry, from Forrest <laughs> Golf. Um, you've obviously been out doing some sponsor liaison today. But if someone came along and said, "I'm in. I, I, I'm all in on TPH." Um, what would it take? How much? What's the sort of amount of money that young players like you need to change the game and make you that secure mm. that you can go out and play and just focus on on the craft rather than having to worry about as much of the peripheries.
1: Mm. I, I mean, that's a hard question. It's hard to put to put a number on it. I mean, I don't know. Like to to answer the question really indirectly, I think you know I'm probably looking like I'm going to spend a hundred to 150 K next year on my expenses. Okay. So, you know, I mean, I've got very limited sponsors. i not so Anything is better than nothing, but, um, it's a hard one. I mean, it's like, I, I've just, I've just been able to make a little bit. So I have a little bit in my account now that I don't have to be as, as vigilant and I guess the confidence, I mean, ultimately, I guess the confidence doesn't care. The, the confidence, I don't care how much money I have behind me, and it's more how I play. Mm. And I think um, it is nice to not have to look at the account as much all the time. Um, but for me, I feel, you know, I just feel like I've, I've had a great season. I, I've played well, and I think I've got a great coach, and I think I've got, you know, some great people around me. And uh, I'm really excited going forward and, and I think that's what's going to make me confident is that not, not a dollar amount of sponsorship, although, you know, please sponsor me. I'd love the money. Well. Happy to take you to dinner and play golf, but... Um, <laughs> It it's ultimately comes from within. It's, it's not from any external factor. It's, it's, it's probably the belief I have that, that I can achieve what I want to achieve.
0: I think that's a really uh, positive way to, to look at it, mate, and uh, hopefully that stands you in good stead. Do you have management? Do you have a manager?
1: I don't now. Um, I, I spoke with a guy who was a, one of the members of the golf club, his brother-in-law, who used to manage Paul Casey, actually. Um, I spoke to him on the phone a couple of months ago about a few things. And he said, just, just sort of wait it out. And, and, and cause the, cause my car doesn't start till November. Yeah, he, he said sort of, you should, you should wait. And, and, and so happens. Sort of yeah, see how I have a look and see how you go. You'd be over off. So no, I don't have anything. I'm still, still always done on my own and still do it on my own. But, but I, I am very fortunate at the same time that, you know, I met a lot of people that have, have helped me out and that are lawyers and that I have experience and, and, and that's given me a lot of guidance and, and, and it continue to give me guidance. So, um, but I haven't signed with anyone
0: yet, no. Well, if you are one of those big whales that do listen to this podcast from any part of the of the world, um, you can just come direct to me and I'll help uh, yeah. you know, broker that, um, you know, lucrative. Ten
1: percent, ten percent for the big
0: no, guy. No, my no, no, I don't want any percentage. No, no that's not any part of that <laughs> at all. But um, no, and seriously, if, if someone was listening and they wanted to um, get on board, well, I'm sure that uh, you know, a discussion of nothing else would be worthwhile, because you are a, you are a clothes horse. You're a great young man. You're a good-looking young man. And you'd be a fine ambassador okay. for any brand that uh, that would want to get uh, you know we're talking great level of exposure on the TV on some big events potentially, and you're a proven performer. So uh, you know, let's let's get it out there, Tom. Thank you. It's it's late. Um, you've you've been out doing the sponsor A's. I'm playing golf um, at your golf club, which is probably the best golf course in the world. Um, I'm open for any <laughs> I'm open for any invites down there to um you know.
1: now yeah, we'll have. We'll definitely have to tee it up. And, I've been meaning to. Uh, we'd, I'm gonna have to speak to you off air. I can't. Uh, I can't book a time in on the air now because you'll have all your fans turn up at the same time. Yeah. So we'll have
0: to. <laughs> Massive, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, um, Tommy, it's been great. I love, I love it. Uh, I love catching up with you. And um, has, how's, how's your mum? How's your mum? Is she good?
1: She's great. She's sitting opposite here me now, working away. She's waving at me now. I don't want to.
0: Does she, she, she remember me? Does she remember the guy that yeah, gave Of the, course, the, of course. Yeah. No,
1: she, she doesn't forget. She's, she's like an elephant they don't forget. What was your so. mum's name? No, she's here working
0: with the What, what was your mum's name? Esther. Esther, Esther.
1: Esther. Esther. Oh, should I, I can pan the camera Yeah, let's, let's say
0: good day to Esther. No, oh. Oh, I'm, I'm oh, yeah, here. There, there. Hello, Esther. <laughs> she's there. Hello, <laughs> Esther. Beautiful, Esther. He says hello.
1: Hello. <laughs> Very Esther, wholesome,
0: Esther. Remind me, what part of Ireland uh, are you from, Esther?
1: She's she's from Wexford. 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 That's a, yeah, couple about... hours, couple hours south of Dublin. That's right. She says she's a yellow belly. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. The purple and gold. I purple think. and
0: yeah. gold. Well, if yeah. if you tell Esther that my mother-in-law is green and red, which does she know where where she's from?
1: Do you know where green and red is, Esther? Ross's mother-in-law's green and red. No,
0: she's too old. She's mayo, 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 oh, Mayo, Mayo. Yeah, yeah, Green and red of mayo. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh Esther, that ball marker that I left with uh, with Esther to give to you. Um, it's probably a bit. I've got it. It's probably a bit too big to play on tour, but you played it. You used it at the game and stuff like that with Ogilvy and that. Group. Mm. But sh- I've got it. Are you using it. Yeah, no, I've got it. I don't.
1: People mark their ball with like a poker chip now, so I mean it gets a bit ridiculous. you got things not that big and it's thin, so it's not too bad. Beautiful. I like it.
0: Well, your mum your rubbed that for dear life as you were um, <laughs> trying to get up and down and then ultimately going on she, to win. She, she took the shine off it, I think. She rubbed every bit of that Wexford juju into that uh, ball marker <laughs> that day. So I hope you do get to use it and it does bring you a good, a good bit of luck because… Um, <laughs> It, uh, it's a special one, so I'm glad to have passed that on. Um, very good. Thank you. Tom, thanks for joining us. Um, no. Let's stay in touch and uh, we'll do it again, eh?
1: hundred percent. I'm looking forward to the next time. Thank you so much for having me. Always enjoy the chat.
0: Tom Powerhine, you're a start. We'll see you next time on the Mile of Golf Podcast.